0: Hello, this is Stephen Seifert. You're listening to Dulcimer Geek Podcast. I don't know if there should be a the in front of that. The Dulcimer Geek Podcast. I think there should be. It is Thursday, December 31st, 2015. The last time you guys heard from us, it was October, middle of October. And I do not have Dan with me today. Uh, If you primarily listen to the podcast because you like Dan, and especially if you can't stand me, this is not a good podcast for you to be listening to. However, if you're super bored and want to listen to me ramble for a little bit, then welcome. I just talked to Dan a little bit ago, and we're going to try to knock out a podcast soon. He's been working on his house I mean, this guy, when he goes after doing something new, he seems to dig in deep. And uh, I haven't even talked to Dan a whole lot in the last couple months, which seems insane. Dulcimer, dulcimer, dulcimer. That's what we do. That's what I think about all the time. And I've been doing it since I was roughly 16, which blows my mind. But here we are facing a new year and um, we're still doing it, still playing these darn things. It's really a way of life. You know, it's not as romantic as saying, you know, riding a Harley is a way of life. Probably not as cool as that, but for me, it's the coolest thing, you know, to do. I've been doing it so long. I don't know what else to do. But I've been thinking lately about all the stuff I want to do that I don't do. I've been thinking of all the stuff I don't want to do that I do. And when it comes to playing music, I don't think it's like I started off early on thinking, you know, calculating um, how to be a dulcimer pro there definitely was a time when i dreamed about traveling and meeting people and i still love that vision but why did i get any good on this thing it was me basically escaping the more unpleasant aspects of reality the dulcimer was a great way to do that i mean i love those days before the internet when I would go to a public library and, you know, if I found a library that had some issues, the dulcimer players news, that was so exciting. I mean, you find this little pocket of the community just th- thumbing through the pages and seeing the pictures. And it used to blow my mind to think how many events were happening. I so wanted to be a part of any community. Perhaps I've talked about it before, but that early vision, I like thinking about that before the new year. There's a part of me that doesn't want to buy into all this new year's resolution business, but the majority of me craves positive change, a reversal of bad habits and adoption of new good habits or old good habits that I've gotten away from. I like to think about why I originally fell in love with this thing. And if I repeat myself a little bit here, oh well, because I need a little boost today. So when I think about what I really fell in love with early on, I was watching Northern Exposure, and it was a cool idea, you know, this like 100-year-old art colony that turns into an Alaskan town where people are kind of off the grid in a way, and they're going after something that they're passionate about, and that sense of community. As much as I make fun of the pretentiousness of art, of course I love the idea of being an artist, a creator. And more than love the idea of it, I love doing it. Those early shows were inspiring for me. I mean when I was in high school I definitely was a strange bird. I wasn't part of the sports thing. I tried a little bit, but I really had no interest in that. Academically, I would pretty much do whatever I had to do to get by. And if there was a class that I really liked, I would usually get an A in it. I tried to get a C in everything else. Um, I didn't really have an academic vision, but I I liked uh, choir, music theory. I liked um, computer programming. And I ended up in a couple classes that weren't really my main interest, but because the teachers were so awesome. I really just enjoyed the whole thing. Um, AP English, advanced placement, whatever that means. Um, AP computer programming, I like that a lot. Uh, just computers in general. But AP chemistry and AP English, that those were the weird ones. Um, I think I actually enjoyed somebody... The teachers uh, of those classes were generally... Pretty competent, passionate, encouraging. And it's almost like I didn't care what the subject was. But anyway, I was a strange bird. And and it's crazy for me to think back to Northern Exposure, but it's like it it broke the seed of my awareness concerning becoming my own person, you know, the idea that eventually I wouldn't be living with my parents and that I would be doing something I wanted to do. And I could do anything, go anywhere. My dad always said, you can do anything you want to do, you know. So I just did crazy stuff I don't even want to admit. But I had like a little uh, terrarium that I grew actual grass. I'm not talking about marijuana. <laughs> I actually grew green yard grass in this Mm -hmm. thing because I hated being in those concrete walls in high school and I just wanted a little bit of something green. I can't even believe I did that. I barely even remember the me that did that. Um, I had my own herb garden. Again, not marijuana. (laughs) I had uh, bergamot, Sicilian mint, peppermint, spearmint, um, that kind of stuff. Scented geraniums, or flavored. I forget now what they were even called. But I would bring fresh herbs to school. I had a thermos with hot water in it. And at some point, I would sneak away and actually have a cup of herb tea. Now, that makes me sound like an idiot, but I loved it. Um, Reading Robert, this is, Dan's going to say you should have never recorded this. But I was into Robert Frost and Khalil Gibran, and I was just, it's like I was checking out what I thought was cool. And it was mostly stuff that wasn't school. So when I discovered the dulcimer, I mean, I was already in the mood where I was looking into world instruments and discovered Irish music. But that, that mountain dulcimer really hit me hard. I had all those hillbilly relatives um, from the past that I like to dream about. But I also was intrigued with um, hippie music, whatever I thought that was at the time. When I first discovered the Mountain Dulcimer, it just absolutely grabbed my attention. I, I really have no idea why. But I loved getting home and dreaming about it and playing about it and finding those Dulcimer Players News magazines. And finding that, wow, there's a community of people even all over the world. And I would get those old Mel Bay books. Um, Lois Lowest Hornbost- Lowest Hornbostel had a bunch of photographs in those And it was like, who are these people? Are, are they really having large-scale events for just this, you know? Um, And then, like, you know, I craved that community I wanted to do that Later on, I found out that there had been professional yo-yo players There had been professional putt-putt golfers I know Ron Penn did that. So I thought, you know, yeah, I would like to make a living doing this. I didn't believe it would happen. At some point in high school, I read a book called Chop Wood, Carry Water. I don't even think I read it. I just liked the title. But I remember there was a section in it that talked about um, these monks. (laughs) I don't remember this really. Something about, you know, do what you love. Like, really do something you love, and the rest will work out. And I remember thinking, that can't be true. And and nowadays, I don't... You know, I, you know, you can't expect everything to work out anyway, but... I mean, I really... And then when I met David Schnaufer in Nashville, I moved to Nashville, I didn't know he lived here. It was just super exciting. And then the history, the oral history that man had, going on trips with him... Working festivals, hanging out in town. Um, Hundreds of super cool stories about this adventurer. You know? Um, And then the experience of playing with really great musicians. I mean, I can't sum up everything. That's not what I'm trying to do here, but that vision... I mean, it wasn't just about music. It's heavily about music, but it's it has so much to do with self expression, and being in a community, and being part of a history that's cool. Um, I I like thinking on these things before the new year. I th- I think you know. Everybody goes through periods where you maybe forget about your first love in uh, in some arena, and I can honestly say I've never been burned out of with uh, when it comes to dulcimer. Uh, I've been burned out with a lot of things, D- playing the dulcimer, going to festivals. Um, and, you know, currently, just all the different facets of it. Whether it's the podcast or Dulcimer School or whatever. There's so many parts of it that if you get a little tired of one thing, you take a little break. And I think that's what's happened with uh, with the podcast here. Part of it is Dan is right now under a house, probably up to six hours under a house today, uh, working on plumbing. But part of it is... Um, I think as an artist, you know, there's exceptions and they're probably the brilliant ones we really admire, but I think a lot of artists need some space. It's like you need a rest. You need a break from the things that that you're surrounded by. It's you've gotta it's like create a space for some kind of fascination to occur. A space for learning. Um a space for some kind of hunger to develop. With dulcimer school, that's something that really weighs heavy on me. We've got a lot of good content up there, but I haven't been putting new stuff up there. And um, why? You know, I, I don't really understand it. Um, I've got everything set up here to do it. You got anything like that in your life? I got it all set up right here. I mean, the, the whole reason I'm doing the podcast today, Dan said we're going to record one tomorrow, and I thought, you know, I can't wait that long. I got to jump on this. The whole reason I'm doing this right now is I want to do more dulcimer school. But I feel like it goes deeper than that. It's like I want to remind myself of what I really love about this. I, I've seen people... Who were really, like even in the dulcimer world, they were really fascinated with it, really driven, um, really getting a lot done. And then, you know, over time, they become interested in other things. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But um, I don't think I can do that. Most of what I like about doing all this dulcimer stuff, it has nothing to do with music or sound. To me, for me, it's about relationships with people, and it's about solving puzzles, and it's about self-expression. Being in the moment of self-expression, and it's just, it's a wonderful flow to be in the middle of. It's probably one of the coolest things I've ever felt in my life. You know, you get, I've been doing this for almost 25 years, I'm surrounded with. So many tasks, so many hats I have to wear. And um, I'm not good at wearing them all. And there's a part of me that doesn't want to even put on a hat sometimes at all. And I don't understand that. But here I am, talking to you, rambling. I'm probably going to get in trouble <laughs> for doing this show. But... um I like to be open I want to be clear on this I don't like um, hiding it and just because I get on here and say that I, I want to activate certain aspects of my dulcimer life that doesn't mean it's going to happen but I want it to happen and what are we all really doing you know if it was just about sound and music it's just not that interesting I mean, really, the the emotion, the feeling, the the relationships, the puzzle-solving, for me, thats that's awesome. And I love to share that and do that with people. I have nothing against football. I could do the same stuff if I was into football. I'm not into football. You know, the dulcimer always represented to me a big problem. It's like I knew I liked the idea of it, And I I came from a piano background, and I would played other instruments. But when I would actually get into playing the thing, there there were certain nuggets that I really loved, but there was a whole lot of the sound and the physical experience of playing it that I wasn't happy with. Why didn't I give up? Why was I driven to try to find a better sound for myself? A, a, a more efficient, more comfortable technique, more capable way of getting what was in my head out under the instrument. I don't know. I'm 42. I can't remember back real well. <laughs> um. But I want to. I just want to do. I just want to. You know, I want a little new adventure. I want, I want something different. I want something to change the core, the core of it I, I'm into. So here, I'm going to take a little break and remind you: if you don't like hearing me talk, you should definitely, um, perhaps, find another podcast right now. If you're like me, and you you can relate to some of this stuff. I mean, think about it. The form of everything I'm talking about could be filled with any kind of content. Football, uh, your marriage, your relationship to your kids, uh, or whatever you do for a living, whatever your passions are. I mean, why is this idea of uh, a new year so intriguing? You don't get that many years. It blows my mind. You do not get that many years. Um, I mean, I mean, how many birthday cakes do you get? You know, birthday cakes of your own in your lifetime. Um, I've probably had less than 42 of them. I'm going to say that I've had about maybe, let's say, 35 birthday cakes tops. You know, what if I double that? I'm probably going to, let's say you end up getting 70 birthday cakes in your life. You got to account for the years where you maybe. You know, ended up with a birthday muffin, I don't know. Let's say you get, let's say that I end up with 70 birthday cakes. 70 is not a big number. Um, It blows my mind. And I've said that, blows my mind too many times during this podcast. I'm not a professional podcaster. But um, we just don't live that long. So I think the new year is interesting because as short as a year feels, we don't get that many of them. We want to make the best of it, I think. You know, when you're not quite, uh, when you don't like the way things are going, what does it take to break out of that? Now, I don't think this is the place to talk to you about your workplace or your marriage or whatever. I I, I want to stick to dulcimer the, the first of all, there's no reason you should obsess over it like I have. If you're a Dulcimer player, uh, maybe you just have a casual passing interest in it. I think that's awesome. But but if if you're a little crazy at all, or even if you're not, what do you want to do with this next year? I imagine Dan and I might talk about that tomorrow, so I don't want to spoil too much of it, but. If um if I had to guess what you want to do with your Mountain Dulcimer in the next year, I can just tell you from experience what what a lot of people need is um, when I listen to them play. If if you're the kind of person who wants to play for other people, the number one thing that I want to see and feel and hear from a person is a comfortable. Confidence Somebody who actually It's not that they look like they're having fun It's that they really are enjoying themselves They're just enjoying themselves I really like that How do you get that? You know, there's so many times Where people are like You know, so-and-so was on stage And I really wish they'd smile more Or I hear people say Well, somebody told me that you should look at the audience more I don't know I think what you really need to be able to do is enjoy making music. Really enjoy the fire out of it. And then I don't think you need to worry about the rest of this stuff. I mean, sure, you can tweak things, but really, how can you enjoy playing this thing? Well, you've probably got other things in your life. Um, What I tell people all the time is work on whatever the core is for you. You don't need complication. You don't need just fancy stuff. You don't need hard, challenging music. You know, ha- I really believe if you take your music and make it super simple, and you make your technique super simple, and you get really good at that, and you really just do it like you mean it, and just love it, you know, at some point, you transcend all of these tools, resources, techniques, practices. You know why? Why put more barriers between you and and that kind of p- simple, perfect, thrilling expression? Um, as far as a right hand goes, go for a really solid, simple approach to strumming with accuracy and variety. Um, You know, very simply, you don't need a thousand ways to do something. Quit worrying so much about the tunes and see if you... I don't know. I mean, some people are into the tunes more than the technique. That's totally cool. But maybe for a time, quit worrying so much about what you're playing, and start to focus on how you're playing it. Maybe pick stuff that's so simple that in a short time, you've got it in your head, you've got it ringing in your ears. Uh, it's, It's not really about trying to figure anything out anymore, you're just doing it. If you can get to a place where you can really forget about the tablature, or the playing by ear, or if you can get to a place where you can just let it happen, it's a a purely beautiful thing. Ask yourself, how simple do you have to make what you're playing? How simple does it have to be so that you can get on to maybe the really good stuff? And I, I can hear somebody out there saying, yeah, well, I'm not into that. I just, I like history and I like, uh, Complex, intellectually stimulating arrangements and that's cool I, I can't speak to that as much I can just speak to, to what I'm into I guess but what do I want to see and hear from you in the new year I want to see somebody get up in an open mic they're not worried they get up there and they just let it flow and they're happy and it's not fancy and um it's, it's, it's a nice place to be in the audience when somebody is up there doing that. But what am I going to do? Pick your New Year's resolution? That's stupid. I am just rambling, indeed. And I think what I'm going to try to do tomorrow is make sure Dan and I do another podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, please go to iTunes. iTunes. And uh, you can do it on your phone, but there's a possibility that the process is a little more streamlined if you get on actual iTunes on your computer. I could be wrong about that. But in either case, try to give us a a review um, if you like it. If you don't like it, how bad do we really want to hear that? Well, considering we're not, you know, Podcasting is not my passion. Uh, being in community with people who want to be in community with me, that's interesting. If you have if you have a if you have a review of that, we'd love to hear it. Um, if you have a negative review i I I guess you know, do what you think you need to do, but certainly uh, what am I talking about? Well, you try doing a podcast. This is insane. It's so much easier with Dan here. I'm missing. Um I'm basically talking to myself. It's bizarre. Now I'm talking to you. I know you're if you're listening then uh, I am talking to you. So That's that. And today um in the middle of a potentially unproductive day I have done a number of things, and one of them is to do a podcast. I'm not waiting for perfect to pounce. I'm not going to wait for everything to line up to get something done. I think you got to strike when the iron's hot. And if I'm crazy enough to want to get something done today, then I'm just going to do it. And I want to encourage you to do the same. (laughs) Now I'm feeling this need to, like, wrap it up and, and have a concluding paragraph like I'm giving a sermon or something but that's not how it is. Well p- today is about me and in- being encouraged about activating something I love. And uh, I want to do that for you. I want to encourage you to do the same thing if you want it. Um and I don't want to wrap it up. It's nice reflecting. There's this uh, old Reader's Digest poll where they asked people over 80 what they would do more. If they had to do all over again, what would they do more? And the number one answer was reflect. Supposedly so many people were saying if they could do it all over again, they would stop and reflect more. You know, I guess really think about what's going on in their life. It's so easy to get on the train, the crazy train, and you just you just keep rolling. Um, what I've got to add something here because I want it to be on record. See, I'm going to get in trouble with Dan if he tries to talk about New Year's resolutions tomorrow. I'm just going to keep changing the subject. That should work out. Um, and if you if there is no if there is no podcast recorded tomorrow, you know he's still under the house doing plumbing. But I feel like I want to go on record about what I want to do better with the dulcimer this year, the actual instrument, the actual playing technique. Man, I'll tell you what I need more than anything is new songs, new tunes. I, I'm such an improvisational player that I really, I can play the same old tunes over and over, and I don't, to me, it's not a matter of the tunes. It's a, it's just the, the the playing and the creating and the risk-taking and It's always new for me, and I'm so happy about that. But my audience needs new tunes. I need some new stuff. Uh, I'm real lazy about that. I didn't used to be. Um, I really want some new stuff this year. I was watching Sarah Morgan perform on YouTube. She was doing uh, that, that Christmas tune, Children, go with us in thee. How shall I send thee? And man, her strum was happening, happening. She absolutely has tone. The dulcimer sounds like a giant band. Um, A big part of that, especially when you're an experienced player, it comes from playing a lot. You know, it, 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 it doesn't matter how good you are. If you haven't been playing lately, you've got a bunch of uh, muscles and atrophy or something. I don't know how to describe that. But I want more. I want more playing time this year. And, um... My cross-picking. You know, one thing I want to do... Like, imagine a finger-picking pattern. Bass, middle, melody, middle, melody, middle, bass, middle. Something like that. Where you're using three fingers to do it. Well, cross-picking is playing that same kind of thing, but using a single pick. And... um, I would like to get that more integrated into my performing. I've gotten better and better and better at it, and I'm happy with the progress to a certain extent. But I haven't been able to integrate that technique into my faster tunes. I'm mostly doing it on slow to medium, and even at that, I don't think I'm doing it a lot on the stage. And I alternate pick, so I'm going out and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, in out, in out, in out, in out, in out. But I want to maybe explore some sweep picking, where you don't necessarily alternate for every eighth note, whether you're hitting the string or not. Um, I want to look into some alternatives and check those out. Um, I've been doing the new, for me, the Aaron O'Rourke flat picking method for the left hand. So instead of using ring middle index for frets 1, 2, and 3 across the strings, um, I've been doing more and more and more pinky middle index. Because the middle and the ring share a tendon, it's uh it just works better once the pinky is strong, once the pinky has the stretch and 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 once it has the strength and the callus. It's just it's a really nice system. Pinky middle index for 1 2 and 3. Um you know as far as production wise, I've got these stinking books I've been sitting on forever. My minimal bare minimum chord melody system Where I've got the, I guess i got enough stuff for four books And it's all done It just needs to be edited And I keep making little changes And it's become something I'm just avoiding at this point But I think of it every day Sometimes work on it uh, I really want to do more with the Alzheimer school I really I, I want to do I want to connect more as far as uh, the podcast, Dulcimer School, that kind of thing. I want to be creating more. I'll tell you, I'd really love to do more stuff in town. Uh, I've got a student. She's excellent. And she just uh, she mentioned wanting to do a gig, but she didn't have anybody to play with. So I jumped on that because I need the experience. So I think we're playing out this Saturday at some place where we're just going to... I think we're going to be in the corner of a restaurant Just jamming, which will be good So yeah, there I did it I said a bunch of the stuff I want to do I want to play with my mom more We have a blast She's a good musician We have fun, she enjoys it, I enjoy it But so rarely I just put it off, put it off, put it off I want to get in there and do more of that I want to take some vocal lessons I want to be a a better singer I want to get some help with that I can't remember lyrics for anything, so maybe, maybe I don't need to do that. And I've been learning dobro. Think about cross-training. Uh, if you get a little tired of what you're doing, sometimes just learning a different instrument or going after a different genre of music, something that maybe isn't your main thing, it can really shake things up in a good way. And you end up bringing new ideas, new motivations back into your main thing. Huh. Well if you've listened this far, you're um you're doing great. And I think I'm gonna get off of here. So I hope you guys have a good New Year's and um please <laughs> send us a little note if you want to, a little email that says, Hey, we want to hear from you again. But in any event, I wish you the best. And um, this is Stephen Seifert with the Dulcimer Geek Podcast signing off. Talk to you guys later. Adios. Later, Gator.